I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. How are you this fine Monday? I am here with my husband and co-host J.C. Hall, and we are rested up and ready to roar. We've been in Oklahoma City all week and had such a fantastic week in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City and in um, Tucson. No, not not Tucson. (laughs) What's the tea place in Oklahoma we were at? Tulsa. Tulsa, thank you. Tucson's in Arizona. (laughs) I knew when as soon as I said Tucson, that's Arizona. So we had a great time in Oklahoma City and Tulsa, Oklahoma. The Oklahoma people were really, really great, and we got to teach in the colleges and in high school there. I think I counted it up, JC. I think I taught over 1,000 students last week. How is that about impacting the future of liberty in America, the these are students that are being um, that are being taught in schools that are already teaching uh, a more liberty-minded, rights-driven perspective. Well, hopefully, those thousands will impact uh, each each one will impact thousand more. Yeah, well, that's how it's supposed to work. That's how education works. You equip, you educate, you equip. You inspire and you uh, you ignite those to go out there and use that. What do you say? Knowledge is... Is not power until it's activated. Until it's activated. And that's what we're doing here. Uh, I want to... I want to talk about something today that's that's really kind of encouraging to me. Did you hear about the 17... JC, did you hear about the 17 states that joined together in an amicus brief against New York's uh, premises permit gun restrictions? 17 states. 17 states joined together in a lawsuit that's coming against New York City's premises permit gun restrictions. Hmm. 17 states. I think that's amazing. And so the uh, the foundation for this, this amicus brief uh, was summarized by Attorney General Rutledge from Arkansas, who just recently joined the 16 other states. 
And uh, Leslie Rutledge said, the founding fathers ensured our right to keep and bear arms with the Second Amendment, and it is important that no government try to take away that right. Allowing a government such control sets a dangerous precedent. I wonder if uh, the attorney general thinks that way about Arkansas gun laws. Because that's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? It says... Uh, no government should try to take away that right. And so New York City, just for the background, New York City requires a really costly and restrictive what they call uh, premises permit to own a personal handgun for self-defense. Now, the permit prohibits taking the weapon outside the home for any purpose other than to practice at one of New York City's approved shooting ranges, and entirely prohibits leaving the state with the weapon. This, this carry, and you say kind of loosely, carry permit, which is extremely costly, is required to remove the weapon from the home for other purposes, and it's, and it's extremely difficult to obtain. Now, the 17-state coalition urges the Supreme Court to review the case and to provide clear guidance on the scope of the Second Amendment and specifically to confirm that the right to self-defense is not limited to the home. Now, the states argue that while city and state governments have an interest in public safety and crime prevention, New York City offered no evidence that demonstrated its regulations actually enhanced public safety for, and crime prevention. As a matter of fact, they said that its restrictive scheme has the opposite effect by arbitrarily limiting a gun owner's ability to become proficient and to use the weapon and requiring thousands of people to buy additional weapons and causing thousands of weapons to be left unoccupied in their home. And uh, obviously they're going to point out the fact that there's an impact on hunting and shooting and that sort of thing. So this is this is something that I find to be movement in the right direction. However, I'm not 100% in agreement with what they're doing. Now, you're looking at me. You've got this furrowed brow, worried, questioning look I, in I your face. I agree so. with all the arguments here, but explain the jurisdiction to me in this case. How can 17 states sue another state for these things that they're doing within within their own state borders. And then how can the Supreme Court, so the Supreme Court is going to have to somehow give an opinion on... No, 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 you're, you're missing it. They're not suing. They just filed an amicus brief. Now, an amicus brief is a friend of the court. But doesn't that mean somebody's suing? Well, amicus S- brief somebody, in what case? Somebody in New York is suing New York. I see. And the 17 states okay. have that, filed... That makes yeah. More so sense. the 17 states have filed their amicus brief. Okay. Which now I get it. Yeah. So which they're hoping that uh, these states or that the Supreme Court will see this and address this issue uh, from this very pointed perspective. Now remember, when the Supreme Court gets a case, technically speaking, now our activist judges don't always do this. But technically speaking, the Supreme Court can only address issues that have been formally brought before them. So what this, amic- what these a- what this amicus brief does, this 17-state coalition brief, 
does is it brings these specific matters of question to the Supreme Court. And I think, uh, frankly, you know, I think that um, the states would have a certain amount of say uh, in a matter of not controlling New York law, but saying we're going to, we feel so strongly about this right to keep and bear arms, that we're going to uh, establish a resolution of our own condemning what you're doing. It's the same thing that Jefferson and Madison did both during um, in the uh, the resolutions that they wrote for religious liberty in the face of the bill that was being proposed to uh, create uh, a tax, a, po- a property tax to collect money from the public to pay Christian teachers. So Madison and Jefferson both wrote resolutions in their states saying uh, we condemn this action. And again, in the Kentucky and Virginia resolutions of 1799 and 1800, talking about the state's authority to nullify unconstitutional acts. And so what this is, is I would would like to see, uh, maybe this is the the modern version of a resolution. This amicus brief is actually a public condemnation of New York's uh, overregulation of the right to keep and bear arms. And I think it's really important for the states to be involved in this kind of discussion. As members of a union, they're supposed to be communicating with each other and and guiding each other in the matters of liberty and rights on the people. Now, they don't have the authority to control the law of New York, but they ought to make a public opinion and say, you know what, we are not going to, uh, we are condemning you for this action because it's contrary to liberty. And uh, so what we have are Arkansas, Alabama, Arizona, Georgia, Idaho, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Montana, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Texas, Utah, West Virginia, and Wisconsin, and Mississippi, and Kentucky, all on board with this amicus, which is really, um, I I would put it this way, more of a a written resolution condemning New York's overregulation of the right to keep and bear arms and its infringement on that right to keep and bear arms. And so what I like about this is the, the, the discussion between the members of the union about one state violating what our founders believed to be an inherent right, the inherent right to self-defense. And so I, I, would, I would like to see more of this. If they've, you know, th- this is, the, um, this is the, the, the language or the, the statement of uh, Leslie Rutledge of, um, of Arkansas. But I would wonder, would the states on this 17-state list agree with Rutledge that no government ought to, uh, what was that language? No government ought to try to take away the right to keep and bear arms. And I'd like to, you know, I would really like to have the opportunity to interview Rutledge and say, how do you define take away, 
right? Because what we're talking about now is a regulation that limits the ability of someone to defend themselves. So would they agree that a permit is an attempt to take away that right? You know what I'm saying? I'm sh- I, 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 I just want to know because these states, not all of these states are open carry states. And then I'd also like to know, JC, why is our state not signing on to this amicus brief? You know the answer to that. <laughs> but we have a Republican House and a Republican Senate and a Republican governor and, an, uh, and a Republican attorney general. My goodness, Pam Bondi's probably been on Fox News more than any attorney general if you, recently. If you replace the term Republican there with rhino, you have said a true statement. <laughs> But I think this is something that we need to recognize, and I wanted to bring it to everybody's attention, this um, amicus brief opposing New York's gun restrictions. And I would like the people to to take up a perspective of this and start responding as well. What would be if the American people started writing letters to the Supreme Court? What would it be if the American people started writing letters to their attorney general and their governor saying, look, stop trying to take away our rights? Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And I want to ask you, J.C., so what this, the one thing that bothers me about this amicus brief is, as it says here in uh, WorldNet Daily, that it's urging the Supreme Court to provide clear guidance on the scope of the Second Amendment and specifically to confirm that the right to self-defense is not limited to the home. So you you obviously know my problem with that, right? Because what if you have a Supreme Court of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's? Well, that's what they're counting on. They know they have the court now, so that's why they're they're doing it. They want the court to make a statement, you know, a a clarification statement or basically rule, quote-unquote, in their favor. And, uh, you know, they believe they that's a slam dunk with this court, so that's why they're going that route. Obviously, you know, it legitimizes once again that we have thrown off our representative government and we simply have a ruling body in the Supreme Court that, you know, issues laws and issues the judgments, you know, about every law. Basically, they rule over everything, every decision. So it, it adds more legitimacy to, to that notion. So that's that's the bad part about it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure your objection runs along that route. Right, exactly. Now, here's the thing. I, I want to know, um, what exactly do you think will be uh, the uh, turnout on this court? Because, you know, I'm not really absolutely convinced that uh, this court is going to be as 
sort of um, hard line the way the media yeah, is I, perceiving it to be. Yeah, I don't know that they get the results that they would get the results that they're that they're after that they anticipate. Uh, you know, there's no guarantee of that. You have somebody like Roberts and um, uh, Kavanaugh. You know, I could I could anticipate. Uh, I can like like if you look at Roberts historically, you know, he's basically said things like in cases like this, you know, hey, that's what elections are about. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of his answer. And so I mm-hmm. could see Kavanaugh sort of having that same opinion. I would see Gorsuch ruling clearly, although opining, although he may, you know, he might say, hey, this is a this is a sovereign state, you know, and uh, it's up to the people to control their state. Here's the principles of that. Yeah, this is wrong. But within their sovereignty, they had a right to do it. And it's up to the people to change it. You know, I mean, I mm-hmm. can see him saying something like that. Right. So. So, yeah, there's. There's no guarantee that uh, that they're going to rule. They're, they're going to give an opinion that uh, fits what what they're what these guys are anticipating. Well, I mean, you, you don't know. It's the court. There, it's always a crapshoot with these guys. Right. Well, dist- and then that's the problem with with looking at them as the final say. Cause right. What if what if it doesn't go your way? Then you have basically admitted, just like the Florida's lawsuit with Obamacare, we we are signaling beforehand. Hey, you give the answer, and whatever answer you give, that's it. You know, that's that's the rule. Uh, that's the law. And, and that's it. So rather than a, rather than sort of appeal to state sovereignty and state level solutions and local solutions, when you look to the Supreme Court and say, OK, give us your final answer, then, hey, it's the final answer. And that and you guys know it's not supposed to be that way. They are not the final arbiters. Uh, and this this is something that is clearly within the state's. Uh, purview, and it should be controlled. Some uh, it should be controlled by the people of that state. Now, in well, I would um, look to the New well, York hold on one second. Can the District of Columbia v. Heller was the last time the Supreme Court yeah. decided on this uh, right to keep and bear arms right. issue. However, that's not a state. Right. Well, that's true. But I'm saying the, that the opinion and the and the the line of thinking will be will be very close to the same way, because yeah. remember, the Supreme Court doesn't see this as a state issue. Right. And I don't well, see maybe. them gravitating to that state issue as a whole. Thing, right. As, as, a, as whole. a whole, the court, I would say, yeah, the court. Does so not. in uh, District v. Columbia v. Heller, we had Scalia, Roberts, Kennedy, Thomas and Alito all siding on the side of quote unquote individual rights. Then we had Stevens, Souter, Ginsburg and Breyer dissenting. Now, Kennedy was being is being replaced by Kavanaugh. Yeah. And and um, uh, Scalia is replaced by Gorsuch. So so I don't see any mix in that. The only thing that could get into that mix, like you said, is some kind of states rights uh, thing. The state authority, yeah. but I, I, I that would have to be put forward by Gorsuch. Yeah, by and, the way. I, and I don't see that. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. 
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And I do absolutely agree with you, J.C. I do not see the Supreme Court in any near future slipping toward a, a an understanding of sovereignty of states and slipping no, towards no, the separation of powers between the state and the federal government. Even also, with Kennedy there, that's not going to happen. Yeah, also, they're not, it's not going to change. See, Kennedy, right? right I meant Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. It, it's not that's gonna, a Freudian, if anybody saw it, heard one. But it's not going to be different from what they've ruled. As, no. we've, as we've talked no. about, this court hasn't changed much. So that's the whole point of why. You know, I think why they joined in with this because they can anticipate where the courts courts going, um, because it really hasn't changed. Right, right. So, uh, JC, my my listeners are going to be screaming at me if you keep saying ruling. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking from their perspective. Yeah, I mean, no, that's no, no, what I understand. That's what they're going for. I mean, they look. I mean, it's in it's in their it's in their, their appeal. It's in their right. writing. I mean, they're basically looking to the court as. The say so. I mean, you basically tell us what is and what isn't. So I mean, we, yeah, that's we seriously dis. We have absolutely thrown aside representative government. I mean, yeah. we are ruled by these judges, and the people yeah. look at it that way. These are these are conservatives, quote unquote, behind this. Okay, and yeah. they're looking at the court as you are the supreme ruler of our nation. Please yeah. tell us, O kings and queens what what uh what these standards should be how what we should think uh what our law should be so uh, to them it's a ruling i mean it is what it is yeah no you're right using that word in their perspective is absolutely correct and that's was the biggest problem yeah. that i have with this entire amicus brief was the fact that it says please tell us the scope of the second amendment and i don't think as it's a if federal. the words shall not be infringed yeah and there's need no further definition there's no federal actor in this right it's the state and it's a, a state. citizen of its own state citizen of so its again, own state it's it's an appeal uh outside of the framework of our constitutional republic there, yeah. is, there really is no jurisdiction for this right um i would think and i don't know what the new york constitution looks like i would i mean i would think in an ideal world you would appeal to the state constitution where they would say hey look this is what our constitution says in states therefore you can't do this so to me their problem would be in their state constitution if it doesn't afford uh, protections for natural rights that's what problem needs to be addressed you know when in taught uh on the right to keep and bear arms in new york i actually had that uh in the presentation and here's the thing. Most states have within their constitution a, a, an, ath an authority of the state to apply certain amount of regulation to the right to keep and bear arms. Right. So, uh, for instance, in the draftings of the original state constitutions, it would be within the authority of the state to say, if you murdered someone, then yeah. you have relinquished your right to keep and bear arms. And you've used that gun to harm someone or to take something from someone. Then you can, uh, you have, you have, you have relinquished that because liberty has limits, by the way. But but if you but if you move to the position like what we see in New York, where you basically have to go to the government, state, local, whatever, to ask permission right. before you even own a firearm. No, no, do you leave the house with a firearm okay, for so, Pete's sakes? I mean, seriously. So then you've left 
you've left the principles of liberty. You've actually transformed a natural right into right. a privilege dispensed by government. So that's the that's what's going on in New York. That's the problem here. Well, you know, you just you've just segued into something that I wanted to to talk about today. Um, this is sort of uh, art of the argument kind of thing. Identify the the idiot, right? And so um, I I made a post on social media the other day because I just I really get sick. This sounds like a troll segment coming. No, it, well it can be, but it's it, it's an ed- it's educational. So I want people to really <laughs> understand what's going on here because these are the people in the public that you have to deal with. Okay, you have to deal with these people, and and these people are your teachers. They are your professors, and that's who they are. They're the, they're the politicians. And so I wrote, um, I guess maybe it was yesterday, yesterday morning, actually, I wrote, my heart's desire that Americans would learn that they don't have constitutional rights, they have natural rights recognized by the Constitution. Then they might realize that government and documents don't give rights and they don't protect them either unless the people guard them first. And what's interesting is uh, we got lots and lots of, of people who were like, were amening and yeah, that's amazing. But of all the people that came up against this, guess what? It was a lawyer, uh-huh. right? And so his argument was simply... Uh, if rights are natural rights, then why do we have slavery, right? So why is there uh, slavery? It was more specific. Well, that's the, that's you're in the middle of the thing. So no, I mean at, at his first. No, that was not the first one. That's right like here, here, where he says, "Why would I read you?" Yeah, did I the founders to- own slaves? Did they consider but refuse to outlaw say, slavery? Uh, why would I waste my time? So yeah, but keep going, keep going. He said again, why? So what I did was I said, uh, let me let me find this, because he said um, he he said that uh, I don't hold You're on. Not a, it's not in a law journal, so it's right. not good enough for him to read it. But right. both of those those uh, rhetorical uh, questions, whatever you want to call it, they were statements in the form of questions. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of them were distortions of history. Right They're They're part the one about outlawing it, it made an attempt, but didn't outlaw it. Number one is false, because, well, in fact, they mm-hmm. did. Uh, mm-hmm. He's apparently unaware of the Sunset Clause after 20 years. That well, outlawed it, but then that changed later. So that's not – you point to the founders and say they, didn't some, they did something that they didn't do. And then the other thing is a distortion uh, of history. So did they own slaves? So you just sort of broad bush, brush, right? John Jay well, owned slaves, but John Jay also started the uh-huh. uh, abolition, the right, New York Manumission Society, You're getting Society, ahead. You're getting well, ahead. Well, I'm just pointing out, right. well, you're dealing with somebody. This is the tactic that they use, taking partial history or distortions of history to try to prove their point. Right. And so smart. he started off by saying uh, one of the natural rights would be liberty, right? So why wasn't slavery outlawed from the get-go? There's your truth. And so I responded by simply saying, thank you. F- I'm so glad you asked, right? And that's when I sent him the article of um, the article on uh, how the Constitution ended slavery, but politicians prolonged it. And his response was, an article you wrote, that's your proof? I'm not going to c- give you the click revenue reading what clearly will be garbage, Right. And that's when he came back and he, he made that statement 
about how, uh, why would I need to read you? He said, I'm not, I'm not about to be conjoled into reading your garbage. And this is what he said. If it's any good, get a law journal to publish it. Yeah. Right? Well, I've said over and over and over again, morons like this on social media are not interested in truth. It's not what they're there for. Mm-hmm. And so these are the idiots. These are idiots that you deal with. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't deal with morons like that. I'm not going to waste my time. He says, ha-ha, I'm comfortable with my knowledge of the history. He's comfortable with his ignorance. Yeah, right, right. Because he doesn't know the history. Right. If you knew the history, you couldn't say something like that. Right, exactly. So you're an idiot. What's his name? Justin Esquire? Justin J.T. Esquire. Justin J.T. Justin J.T. doesn't have a last name? No. That's the other thing about these guys on there, these, these anonymous knucklehead morons who don't know what they're talking about. There's so many of them. Just like that the other day. Uh Somebody for the 11 or people for the 11th Amendment, the thing in uh-huh. Florida. Don't you have a name, idiot? Right. If you're going to come out and say all the stupid stuff and, and all these personal attacks, why don't you why don't you put your name on there, Mr. Keyboard Bully? So I, these guys get on my nerves, especially when they come against. So you can track down some some uh, lady online because these are the these are the feminist Democrat. Uh, I, let me stop there. Um, idiots. <laughs> Okay, that want to be pro women and all this stuff. So then they go attack women online anonymous anonymously and you don't have the courage to put your name on your account or put your name there on the social media or these like the anonymous article other article we saw written on the web. Put your name out there. If you're so smart and you're so tough, keyboard bully, why don't you say who you are? Okay, so here's the thing, though. These are the issues that the people are dealing with. This is not just Justin J.T. Esquire's opinion. These are the things people have to deal with. Yeah. He says, well, they're all the same. here's what he says. You need laws to enforce natural rights. He said, a right that cannot be enforced is no right at all. And you're constant. And he said, uh, contrary to yours, rights don't. He said, that was my argument. Contrary to yours, that rights don't depend on the Constitution. So what he's saying is. You said rights aren't defended by the Constitution. Right, right. But here's the thing. What he en- what he ends up saying is that if someone has not codified your right, if you somebody right. if someone has made your law right, then you don't have a right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because my logic here is this. If you are dependent upon someone else recognizing your right, if you are dependent upon someone else defending your right, and this is what I wanted to get to, all the trolling annoyances aside but if you are dependent upon someone making a law for your right if you're dependent on someone protecting your right then you are actually a slave correct because then the value of you your right to life the value of your life is now dependent upon someone else yeah valuing you Right. Which, in, in fact, what Mr. Esquire will never admit, but what he acknowledges by his own statements, is that he is still enslaved. Yeah, well, there's no question, which you did not say anything contrary to that, that laws are, are made to protect liberty. It's what you say every day. Right. It's the purpose of law. You make that argument every day. But he's apparently too dense to comprehend your statement that the piece of paper known as the Constitution doesn't defend anyone's rights. It's the people who defend their rights, not a piece of paper. It doesn't give rights. It doesn't defend rights. And that's the point. You don't have constitutional rights. You have natural rights that are recognized by the Constitution, and it's the people that defend them. Uh, They use that declaration 
to put tyrants on notice. They use laws to put people on notice as to what's lawful and what's unlawful and to uh, to protect liberty in that sense with with law. No one is arguing that. And, and, you know, but this is kind of stupid statements that these blockheads make that they can't comprehend. And then he's afraid to actually have a discussion about history because he doesn't want to find anything that might contradict his idiocy. Well, I went to the VA hospital today. When we get back, I want to talk about that. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. I went to the VA hospital today. Uh, most of you know that I was in the Army and I broke my hip in the Army. So when I have any kind of trouble with my uh, fake hip, I have to go to the VA hospital. Now, um, this is one thing that our found uh, that our founders that our 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 republicans promised us for how many years now that if they got into power they would be repealing obamacare mm-hmm. they would be repealing national health care right now some of them said repeal and replace but the majority that, of them said repeal that's just as believable as the democrats saying we're not interested in impeachment Right. Of Trump, which they right. keep going back and forth. No, no, we're not going to impeach. And then they'll say, oh, well, maybe later. That's something to look at later. Not yeah. right now. It's not really on the agenda. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd vote for it. Beto O'Rourke says I'd vote for it, but doesn't mean I'd call for it. Yeah, well, they're <laughs> not going to impeach anybody because, you see, they set up a precedent. They know the, the principle that a, that something that you inflict on someone else will be coming back to oh, you. Sure. Right. So they know that principle. They're not well, going to be impeaching you, anybody. Uh, then again, if you think if you. You know, maybe for some of them, if, it their, if it's their goal to collapse the system, then maybe some are in favor. Right, right. So here what we have is the Republicans have been promising us for years that they're going to repeal national health care. Now, every single time I spend time at the VA hospital, yeah, I, I have this, this one thought. You want to bring 50 million Democrats along with you. Yes. I think <laughs> anyone who advocates for national health care ought to have to spend at least one year yeah. in the VA health care system. But you know there are plenty, and we see these guys all the time, bless their heart, these 80-year-old men and going in there, and, and a lot of them go there, it seems, when you're there long enough, it seems like, and we're both there, we're both veterans, it seems like a lot of them go there because they're lonely. Yeah. And so you have, you, you will have people, oh, what are you talking about? The VA's great, and I never have a problem. Well, here's the thing. The staff can be great. Yep. That is absolutely without a doubt. And the VA um, uh, Medical Center in Gainesville has some of the best staff that yeah. we've ever experienced. Best doctors. Best doctors, yeah. Because they use the University of yeah, Florida. Right, because he's a <laughs> doctor. But the VA medical experience is full of complete bureaucratic incompetence. Yeah. So which means so and what to them means, you're just a number. Right. Which also means that if you have a bad doctor, 
if you have a bad nurse, yeah. nothing's going to happen right. to that person. And if you want treatment, you've got to go through the bureaucratic idiocy to get treatment. I have, so 18 years ago, I had my hip replacement. I've been in the VA system for 18 years. I went to make an appointment. They're like, oh, you're not in the system. How can I be <laughs> not be in the system? You see right there, I'm coming next week to make an appointment. I need to make yeah, another appointment. you actually appointment. had an appointment. I actually and had they an said, appointment. You're not in the system. You're not in the system. <laughs> so then I have to spend. How that appointment get there? Right. So then I have to spend another hour and a half getting in the system after I've already been seen by my orthopedic surgeon yeah. who says, and, I can't understand why you're not in the system. I mean, I have you right here. We've done your surgery. You're an appointment. So yeah. how can you yeah, not that's be in the system? A, yeah, that's another thing. The same location where you actually got the hip replacement. Yeah. <laughs> you're not in the system. Well, but see, not that's what mention, I mean. Not to mention the system actually calls you. Yes. On like an automated voicemail. You have an appointment on whatever. And so that thing calls you and says you have an appointment. And then they say you're not in the system. Well, who is this AI robot randomly calling people, telling them about appointments? Okay. So here's this other thing. Um, because of my hip and the issues that I'm having with my hip, my orthopedic surgeon says this to me, JC. He says, Chrisanne, um, the VA now covers... Um, now covers massage therapy and what you have right now would respond perfectly to massage therapy. It's the best thing that I can do for you. The problem is I know it's on the list, but nobody can tell me how to get it on your chart. Nobody can tell me how to order it. He said, Chris Ann, I, I needed massage therapy for myself the other day. And the whole staff was trying to figure out how to click this button to get massage therapy into my order and nobody can get it into my order. Yeah, so I have up for that. treatment which is on the list because the VA right. will say, well, we cover that. But the doctors and the staff don't know how to order it, so the VA won't yeah, cover they it. They can't wade their way through the bureaucracy. Yeah, sign me up for that system. So let me tell you what. A year in the VA healthcare system will cure anybody's further desires for national health care. I promise. And I think if we made our congressmen go through that system, things might be a little bit different, too. God bless you guys. I hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we have. We will see you again tomorrow. I received. Let me know.